Hey everyone, this is Mike Lobel, and you are listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. grassy it goes there and today on the wayne holtz podcast so are we dude i remember when i was a kid watching nickelodeon's sister station the n um daria and degrassi the next generation were basically my daily nightcap of hilarity and dramedy degrassi really really um gave me everything i needed as an angsty teen and joining us today to talk all things Degrassi Street and beyond um, is actor and director who played my favorite sassy tough guy, Jay Hogart, Mr. Mike LaBelle. Hello. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Wayne. This is awesome. What an honor. Now, set the scene for us. Um, where are you calling from? What's your environment? Okay, that's a good question. I'm in my office. I've turned the lights down low. I'm sitting in my library section in a nice, big, comfy uh, French provincial style chair. And I have my glass of oat milk sitting right next to me that I intend to sip very slowly while talking to you. That sounds like a beautiful way to... I mean, I just spoke of a nightcap, oat milk. That must be (laughs) a fantastic one. I love that. It's 2021. We're drinking oat milk tonight. That's what it is. I love that. You know, um, because this is our first time uh, recording the podcast, actually, in in the evening. We normally do it in the mornings. And so I was like, should I get a beer? Should I? I don't know. Um, But, you know, (laughs) now for the future, next time, I'm going to go with oat oat milk. Okay. And it's uh, so nice. Are you a milk fan, by the way? Do you just or do you just... um, what, what is it about oat milk? I'm sorry, we're not going to stand oat milk, everyone. <laughs> no, let's do 40 minutes on oat milk. I can do this. I think we can do this. I, um, I'm a big fan of it. Well, okay, so I, I'm not really like a big fan of milk. Um, you know, it's very gets mucusy and um, cow's milk. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I like the oat milk. The flavor of oat milk versus like almond milk, I find it really naturally sweet. Whereas almond milk, I find it like a little bit oily. So that's... That's why oat milk is my milk of choice. I love that hot take. And, you know, here on the Winholds podcast, you never know what little um, little bits of advice you're going to get or tips. So, all right, there y'all. you go. Everyone run out and get oat milk. OK, so, Mike, let's let's take it back. We all um, know. Let's take it back. Let's take it back. Yeah. So we, of course, are going to talk a lot about Degrassi. OK, like, as we know, it's a it's a cult classic that took over many of mm-hmm. many of a life when when we were kids but let's take it back to when you were a kid um how, where did you grow up and like what was your childhood like before you started acting yeah that's a good well okay so i grew up in toronto i've never really left toronto i mean i kind of lived in la for a little bit on and off i yeah i just never left here i um i grew up downtown and um pretty like 
urban kid growing up and my childhood was, I don't know, it was pretty, pretty normal city life, you know, as a pretty normal kid in the city life. What do you want to know specifically? Oh, no, I was just, uh, you know, that transition between, you know, being a regular kid going to school and I guess you were you were out of high school or a senior or, or whatever whenever you joined. Yeah. So I guess that a uh, little transition, like what um, pushed you into acting or made you go into? Well, the- yeah, I didn't really have the normal. Well, OK, the normal, whatever normal means, um, high school experience that most um, like television shows would depict because I went to an arts high school. So I knew at a really, really young age that I wanted a career in the arts, that I, I, you know, I started performing music. I learned how to play the drums starting at nine years old. I studied that with like a private teacher. I thought I wanted to be, you know, a rock and roll drummer for like a famous rock band. Um, And I was in a band for many, many years. So that was like a passion of mine. Filmmaking, movies um, and TV, that became a passion. I saw Growing up downtown in Toronto, I saw there was movie trucks always in the neighborhood and I would look out the window and and sometimes they'd have them lined up all the way down the street. And to me, it was like, oh, wow, the circus is here. And because I knew, um, you know, that they were crew trucks and that they were filming movies. Some of the movies that I grew up loving um, or the TV shows that I grew up loving, they were making in toronto so i looked out the window and i always thought ah man i want to be a part of that in some way and i got a little hand held like a camcorder basically my parents actually rented me a vhs camcorder like in the 90s when i was 12 because i wanted to make a horror movie go figure that's everybody's first movie i love supportive parents what's that i said i love supportive parents as well well, my and my parents were very, very supportive. Uh, like my father grew up in the arts. He was a dancer. So it wasn't like, you know, I think my parents would have been concerned if I said, I want to be a lawyer. It was they were very, very encouraging of the arts um, in my family. So so I had that I had that support. And um, and then I found myself making short films. And then I found myself one day a friend of mine who uh, growing up, who was an actor um, I was, we were hanging out all the time. We were just like, I don't know, this is really bad, but I'm just going to put it all out there because who cares? Uh, I would like skip school with my friend cause you know, we were badasses and we just like watch movies, you know, we'd go watch, uh, horror movies or like, I don't know, movies that we weren't supposed to be watching, you know, like Tarantino movies and stuff like that. We kind of idolized that. So we, anyways, one day his agent called and he, she was like, I've got an audition for you. And he was like, uh, I don't want to go. And I was there. I was like, I'll go. So she says, who's that? He's like, oh, it's just my stupid friend. And I said, no, I'll, I'll go. Like if, if Alex doesn't want to go, I'll go. So she said, okay, yeah, give me a call. And he was all pissed off or whatever, but I I didn't care. I kind of just went for it because I knew I wanted to be in the movies. I knew I wanted to be on television in some capacity working, Um, and so, yeah, I just went for it. And so she gave me a chance and she started to represent me. So it was kind of serendipitous how I landed my first agent. I just interjected in somebody else's conversation. I love that. You mean you go for what you want and you find a, you find a groove, you know, a little, I think so. Yeah. A little weight in there a little. Exactly. And that's cool that your parents were like already, you know, in the, um, 
in the arts field and so they were just like ready for you to go out and and blossom <laughs> in in a creative way which uh they were yeah i mean they warned me though too at the beginning they were concerned about getting into acting at too young of an age you know and they didn't want to be seen i think as parents who you know the typical parent who raised kids almost exclusively to be in a on television or in a movie you know like they really wanted to be mindful of this is your choice this is your responsibility we're not going to get involved like if you want this you have to go for it but we're not gonna, we're just going to quietly support you but we're not going to push you into it um cuz they're you know and so I wasn't actually very, I wasn't that young when I got into it. So I kind of missed being a kid. I, I I was never really a kid actor, even though I was on a TV show with a lot of younger actors. I kind of missed that period. So I was a little bit older. I kind of knew. Yeah, because um, when you joined the show, you were already, like I said, like maybe 17 or 18. Do you remember? Yeah, I think it was about 17, 18. Yeah. And so yeah. like when the show first started, um, you know, everyone was my so Emma's grade um, basically was the same grade I was in. Right. So they were all like 11, 12 year olds. You know, by the time you get there, everyone's, you know, grown up a bit. And um, I feel like so you were just kind of like a, <laughs> a, a little bit of an adult presence on the show, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think my character hung around like for a few because he got kicked out of school. But he sort of lurked on the periphery, you know, trying to hatching his Machiavellian schemes. And he still had that relationship with Manny. And so, yeah, he he, he was like um, he was doing his victory lap. That's for sure. And I mean, they gave him so many laps. And speaking of laps, I feel like Jay was always driving. You know what I mean? He it's <laughs> <laughs> like, Get that yeah, and I couldn't drive. I couldn't drive. So I and in fact, I crashed. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I don't care. I, this is a tell-all. Um, I crashed one of the the car, the orange car that I drove. I the like one of the first days they brought that car in for my character because they were constantly switching cars. Um, I got in and it was a standard. And I had no idea. I actually didn't even have my license. So, they put me in the car and they were like, "Okay, just drive this around." And, um, you know, in between, in between takes, cause I would be driving up to like, I don't know, it was like driving up to like Deanna Casalucci's character or something like that, saying something smug out the window. And in between takes, they were, they basically said, okay, drive it back, turn around, get set up for the next take. And as I was doing like a four point turn in this standard car, which I had no idea how to drive, I'm trying to get it in gear and the car is drifting towards a really high curb. And this car is super low jacked. So the nose pops up over the top of the curve. And by the time I get it in a reverse, it's already on the curb. I pull it back and the whole front bumper just goes shink up, like bent up at a nine, uh, 45 degree angle. That, uh, that's insane. <laughs> First I got one. in so much trouble. Wait, but didn't, I mean, like you get in trouble, but also does the crew not kind of, does production not kind of get in trouble for something like that? Yeah. I think someone got in real deep shit for not checking. <laughs> I'm going to just say this to cover my butt. It was all above board. It was it was a very well-run <laughs> show. And the production was huge. And they were so... By the time I got on the show, 
they were so experienced at making television that I mean they were considered one of the best shows to work on or for in in all of the the whole country. So oh wow, they'd really got it locked down by then. I love that, and I actually just realized how shady of a question. I get it. Was, you so want the dish? I get it. Um, Makes sense. Oh no, but you know what? I, I honestly am not really the 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 dirt digger. But um, were you a fan of the show? I was. I was a really big fan of uh, Degrassi Junior. I was like the original Degrassi. I was a huge fan, and so the first day when I got on set, um, I mean, you have that feeling like you're coming into this legacy that's existed for a really long time. It's like you walk in and you feel like you're walking the hallowed halls. Um, and then I turned a corner and there was snake and I kind of lost my shit in like inside. I was, you know, freaking out. And on the outside, I was just like, hello, very nice to meet you. Yes. Okay. Which way to the dressing rooms? Thank you very much. Okay. I'll see you later. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. And then Joey Jeremiah pops up and Caitlin and was like, this is insane. So I was, I was meeting all of my childhood heroes. Um, and and that feeling never really, after like seven years, that feeling was still always there. Never really left. I love that. Um, that just sounds like, that sounds almost, that's magical. You know, we're speaking with Mike LaBelle, who was on Degrassi, the next generation. And so I remember when I was younger, I had no idea. First of all, I didn't know you were in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know why you were the next generation, who was the first generation. Like, what's going on here? And um, so I love that. And so how did you end up uh, on the show? Like, did you just go for it? Did someone suggest you for it? Did someone see you? So my agent um, submitted me for it, and I, and I read for the role of Dylan originally, if you can believe that. <gasps> oh! Yes, I read for that, John Breger's that, character. Wow. Yeah. I'm just imagining all of the scenes with you because I was watching some Degrassi minis today. Oh yeah, and you know there there's some like um, role reversals and stuff sure, on there, yeah. and like you as Dylan. Uh, wow, thank you for giving me that just that vision. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so continue. I must have done a horrible job though because they called me back for Jay. <laughs> you know they were like, okay, <laughs> maybe not. Um, how about the opposite? So that was interesting. I, uh, okay, okay, but I feel that. I mean, Jay, you know, I feel like you were meant to play him in so many ways because, um, you know, I was listening to some of your castmates talk about, you know, your character and Jay's character mm. um, compared. But, like, even just in my own views, I, like, I always just saw, like, the fun side of you and the sassy side of you yeah. coming through Jay so Big much. Time. That I was like, this, this is a good role for this guy. You know yeah, what I mean? He's I, he's able to have fun with this. I think casting. You know, I was I was young. I didn't even know myself so well back then. But I think casting nailed it. I think they saw something in me that knew that I could sort of play that role. And I do feel like I was meant to play that role uh, after that. And I was never. I would never consider myself that type of guy. But. I think that there was like um there was like a playfulness about Jay that I feel like I really looking back that I that I really like about Jay that I don't know if how many people would play it like that you know cuz he could be played really aggressive and really really 
jerky and i like that jay had this sort of softer side more playful side more mischievous than um than hateful you know like he had he had a heart yeah yeah i never you know most of the time i never really felt any sort of mischievous is um a great word i never felt total malice you know what i mean yeah a lot of times it was coming from a place of survival or a place of um i don't want to say you know just kind of like being you know the, the outside guy like you know that's just like, like come on he's got a heart of gold on the inside y'all just got to give him mm-hmm. a moment to get to know him and etc etc and like when when you first started the role like did you know that it was going to be some one that lasted for so many years like what was your expectation or were you just happy to no. be there when i started i thought i was coming in to do one episode i love that really i, I thought i thought he would be one episode and that was it and then, um, yeah, and then like seven years later, <laughs> I'm looking around and like lots of the cast that I had come up with had already been gone by then. I'm kind of looking around being like, wow, there's like 90% all new people here. 50% of these cast I don't even know because I don't have scenes with because they were phasing in the newer generation. Right. Right. And so it just felt, you know, I got to the point where I felt like, wow, I am, I am like a hanger on here. I am like one of the last of the older generation. And, uh, I could just feel sort of like it was time to move on. You know, I really, mm-hmm. I watch all of the seasons, Mike, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all the way to the next class and everything child. But, um, did you get to know at all the, the kids that came after you? I didn't really, I didn't. Um, and that was, yeah, that was just because I was coming in less and less and just having less time there working with them. So yeah, I didn't really get to know any of them, but I, I hear about them and, you know, I saw them doing their stuff on the show. And by the end of it, I kind of just thought like, wow, I feel it was, it was kind of an amazing feeling to feel like I was part of this the alumni of this school like it really feels like i went to hogwarts or something like that you know i had this magical experience this time there and um and you know they i graduated but it, it kept on existing so it was like this this school i feel like it was my second high school high school experience it was it's like i consider it to be that that's so cool and it's it's almost like who needs a high school reunion when you when you get two high school experiences and you describing it as hogwarts exactly. is so good <laughs> like because you know okay this is kind of silly but i watch um the real housewives and so i describe them as kind of like the marvel universe and so like okay yeah and so like you all as hogwarts is like really good with all of your your good powers and i mean like what what a cast what a group of kids you know because for for a show to be that was for a show to be so relatable and also kind of risque so for everyone that's listening degrassi the next generation um if you don't know was on at least in america was on um the inn which was like the Mm -hmm. nighttime darker version of nickelodeon and so they kind of could get away with a little bit more and you know p- uh, bring up you know different issues and just get a little have a little bit more fun with it and i remember being fucking 11 years old just like girl you know liberty said what 
Like a spinner, <laughs> spinners doing what to who and hiding what where and I'm like, <laughs> you know, like th- this is a lot, y'all. And you know, I'm gay, and so like, of course, even like the Marco Dylan stuff was just like I couldn't yeah. even. I was like, oh my god, this is so. It was like literally you all and queerest folk were like my first gay media. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I feel so honored. And both Canadian shows. Oh, yes, which I love. So you were really into the Canadian stuff. Yeah, and I didn't even know it. You know, um, it, every once in a while, I hear one of you say a sorry. And I was like, what does that mean? When I was younger, I was like, why are they <laughs> saying sorry? <laughs> what's the issue here, Paige? Like, what's the real issue here? Um, I, I remember I auditioned for Queer as Folk. Stop. You're making A listen, long time ago. I'm for like done. For like, the role was like, guy like guy in towel or something like that yes guy in towel i was i was like supposed to come out of a shower and like in a towel and be like hey last night was awesome or whatever you know what i mean i had like three lines and i just (laughs) walked back into the bathroom and like that was the character oh my god you yeah you would have been one of the guys at like the bathhouse or something that's right oh my god listen <laughs> would have been could have been should have been i love it I, listen i love like um a six degree of separation situation um it's a small world yeah it really is a small world um because now you're directing music videos and you know just directing projects mm-hmm. in general um do you, you like use some of that like like the tools or things that you um picked up on um from degrassi now Absolutely. All of that informs what I do now. I think I had the best education um, working on the other side of camera and directing actors now. I rely so heavily on my personal experience to be able to communicate to them um, and to work with actors. And I think I think they can feel they feel appreciative that that I kind of come from that that place because I can speak to them at that level i can i can kind of meet them where they are and it makes for a way easier time working together and communicating um that and i do a lot of editing so i've been editing like doing a lot of post-production for the last maybe 15 years yes. and um everything that i learned being on camera has has affected uh what i do in the edit room and that kind of in turn affects what I do when I'm directing and it all feeds into each other like um, a nice multidisciplinary tool set. And it's I'm so thankful for having all those different perspectives. I love that. And, you know, we see a lot of those perspectives and your hard work and some of these strategies um that you picked up on um in one of your latest projects which is the dry eyes music video by simone miller um we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a bit we're gonna take a little break on the wayne holtz podcast Mm -hmm. you never know who'll show up to the wayne holtz podcast really happy to be here on your podcast thank you rock goddess nina diaz you know first of all it begins with Having the passion, having the passion for the music. TV host, author. And a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, don't forget that. Of course, Ross. And Celebrity Big Brother contestant, Ross Matthews. When you reached out to me and asked if I'd be on your podcast, it was a no-brainer. I love people who create and contribute, and that is you. It is so nice to talk to you. 
cool conversations with people we want to know more about. Hey guys, this is Chris Booker and you're listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. This is J.D. Sampson and you're listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. This is Perez Hilton and you are listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. Listen to the Wayne Holtz Podcast free now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and at thewayneholtz.com. Yes, we're back on the Wayne Holtz Podcast with Mr. Mike LaBelle. Okay, so the you directed the Simone Miller music video, Dry Eyes, and I, I actually um, was on Instagram, and you had been in the back of my head like, oh, okay, okay, I want to get Mike LaBelle as a guest on the podcast. I want to... I was, I was like, I have to think about like, oh, what am I going to message him, blah, blah, blah. And then you, I saw a little notification that you were doing a live and, um, and you were doing a live with Simone Miller and you two talking about your collaboration. And I was just like, yep. screw my podcast. Like, what, what are y'all talking about? This sounds fantastic. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting because you did something during the live that most people um, don't do is you said, you know, take a moment. We're going to be here for a minute go watch the music video that we're talking about, come back and we'll be breaking it down. And I was like, all right, Mr. Mm-hmm. LaBelle, I'm going to, I'm going to take your advice. So I went and I watched it and I was <laughs> like, first of all, like stunning, you know what I mean? And the, I was just like, what the Narnia is going on here. Um, it's <laughs> like the snow is incredible. You know, just the, the take on the, the music. I mean, fantastic job, sir. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, that was, I put everything into that. Like it was my passion and I'm really happy with how that turned out. I love that. And you know, you also are giving you tips on that. You can see in the video, um, you showed your storyboarding and I have to say, I loved your illustrations. You know what I mean? Um, Thank you. I don't know if they were, they were quick hand or, or how long it took you or whatever, but I was like, oh, these are also really captivating. You could really see your, you know, vision within that, you know? Thank you so much. Yeah, you're really welcome. It took me forever to draw those storyboards. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But they were so, but it was also such a fun experience because I had all of those images in my head. I needed to get them down. I knew that I wanted to be able to communicate exactly to the director of photography every single shot, you know, this is what it is. That's what it is. It it just came to me in my mind so specifically. And, um, I I had my, my niece was my like three-year-old niece was looking over my shoulder as I was drawing them for like four hours. And I had her, she was egging me on. So, you know, she was like, when I wanted to stop and, you know, put the pencil down for a bit, she'd be like, no, draw more. So I had to say yes. I had to keep going. So, and she loved it. She thought it was so cool. The kids just got you trapped. I love it. Um, yeah, the kid trapped me. <laughs> I love that. Well, listen, the, that hard work paid off, man, because the, the video really is seamless. I encourage everyone that's listening to go to YouTube and check out Dry Eyes by Simone Miller. Our guest today, Mike LaBelle, directed the video, and Simone's got a fantastic voice, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of the, I was sitting there today, actually, I rewatched it, and I was trying to think of, like, like what j- genre is this? And I really, it almost, like, um, brought me back to, like, some, I know this is, like, a really random callback, but, like, some Josh Groban music, because it's, like, oh yeah, it's, like, yeah. you know, it's, like, you know, dramatic, but also got a really great, you know, contemporary feel, and so, anyone that needs a new song today, I, I encourage you to, to check that out. And um, I also, you know, popped into 
and watched your uh, short film Must Kill Carl, and I was like, okay, oh my god, I'm here for this. <laughs> that was, and yeah, which, which of course we're not going to give away the ending or anything like that, but you know, it, yeah, yeah, it, it's a great little yeah. Go check that out. Yeah, Must Kill Carl, everyone. Um, pretty hilarious. Didn't know what to expect, and I was like, okay, okay, bringing it, you know, and the moves, Mike. I'm here for it. That was yeah. That was just like I got to behave really badly and that's what it was it was just me it's me behaving badly for 14 minutes perfect and it was a lot of fun you know sometimes you just have to let that energy out um well everyone go check that out um okay so i want to do a little um word association um or sure. kind of word association so i'm just gonna say um you know, one of one of the your castmates from back in the day on Degrassi: Next Generation, and you know, for some people mm-hmm. that don't know their um, the character name or the actor name, I'm just gonna say both. So, just you, the first thing that pops in your head whenever you know you think of whether it be a memory or a thought or whatever. Okay, so Lauren Collins, who played Paige, she's great. She's like all business, go after her dreams that's that's what pops in my head i love that um she definitely seems like yeah. a go-getter adamo rogerio adamo's so fun and lovely he's just such a great i mean i remember like he was always such a good person to party with he was always the life of the party hell yeah i could see that shane kipple i mean shane kipple like bro bro town Super bro town. You y'all went through so many epic moments on the show. Um, we did. Y'all's friendship was was great. I I was really here for it. And Shane Kipple just seems like a trip. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it, yeah, he does. He is. He's a funny guy. I love that. I follow him on Instagram, and he's like, I just liked something like twenty minutes ago. Something hilarious that he posted. Perfect. He's always working. He's always working on something. Um. Exactly. Cassie Steele, who played Manny. I mean, I love Cassie. Cassie, she she gets me in a way that not a lot of people do, um, especially on that show. I feel like we have like an insane love for each other, and um, also like we're kind of like musically connected because we both did a you know did a bunch of music collaboration after the show, and yeah, she's she's like ride or die. I love that. And I love that you connected like on that level because you, you, yeah, you are a musician as well. And, um, she's a singer. Come on, come on, multi-talented. Um, yeah. And who, and then, you know, I saw a fucking, so I'm a huge DC fan and I saw that, um, Stacey Farber is, you know, hitting up Superman and Lois on the CW right now. That's right. Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm like, girl, I am so proud of you. Like, work. Um, are you a DC She's fan? Telling, yeah. Like, what it, did you did did you love Stacy? I'm actually not a. I am a comic book fan. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. First of all, huge shout out to Stacy. I love Stacy. She's awesome. Um, and it's been so long since I feel like the last time I even saw Stacy was in New York, where. I think maybe went out for coffee or something like that with Stacy, but that was so long ago. But yeah, she's awesome. But I am a comic book fan. 
I'm not a, I'm not I was never into the superheroes. I don't know. Please forgive me. <laughs> but I'm more into um I got into comic books through graphic novels and specifically more like political graphic novels like um writers and illustrators like uh Joe Sacco and um you know who did the Palestine book and hmm. the Gaza book and um and then I kind of found my way into like then I got into horror in a big, big way. Um, so I don't know if you're into horror comics, but I'm like really into that stuff. You know, I haven't um, dived in, but give me give me a couple of suggestions. Well, I read the American Vampire series, the entire thing. I thought that was awesome. Um, there's a book called Severed, which is really amazing. And also a book called Witches. And then there's... I'm like really... I'm kind like I'm a very happy person, but um, since this is a tell-all, I'm like into some dark stuff. <laughs> like I'm into the occult kind of stuff, and I because I was a teenage goth, right? So that never really left me. Um, so I'm in I'm into that kind of stuff. So I have a lot of dark comics and a lot of dark books. I can imagine like you know like your teenage wardrobe. I'm sure it was really good. Yeah, and that kind of it's interesting. I wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about Jay, but like born to play that character, it's it, it, I mean, it, it's a bit of a stretch considering who I was and when I was in um in grade school, just about to go into high school, I was really getting picked on a lot by some more of the I guess like I would say mainstream, you know, jockey type kids. Um and so when I got to play the character of Jay really I just felt like I needed to okay well now I have to channel I have to do what they did to me to other people so it was like I could understand it but from a totally different perspective that you know like I used to wear a a, like a long black leather trench coat and paint my nails black and have fishnet stockings on my arms and like the you know the jockey kids would basically like call me names all the way up and down the street to and from school. I got spit on. They like, which rough me up. And yeah, so that was something that I brought to the character of Jay, but from totally the opposite end of, of that situation. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story, by the way. No problem. I feel like, you know, that kind of like understanding, like really came through the character because, you know, I sensed a lot of like passion in your acting. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there was like some, it was a yeah it was an interesting what ended up happening how i portrayed that character i think was this combination between how uh it was done to me but then i had this there was this like revenge fantasy a little bit to playing jay because i got to be that person and i also like hated those people who did that to me you know um so it was it was all kinds of mixed feelings, but I felt like I was like becoming or taking ownership of, I don't know. It was like a catharsis of some kind playing that role. I love that. Well, you never know when you're going to have like a, a therapeutic, therapeutic moment, especially, you know, exactly. Especially in a creative field. Exactly. Whoa. We are getting a lot of stuff out here tonight. This has been, okay. So this has been the tell all podcast um on the Wayne Holtz podcast with Mike LaBelle who um played Jay Hogart on Degrassi and um is so talented and you know Mike 
It has been <laughs> an honor having you. And I appreciate you, you know, just opening up yourself and your time to be here with us today. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. I'm at the end of my oat milk. <gasps> I've reached the bottom. Perfect timing. Yep. That's so beautiful. Well, on that note, everyone, make sure you're grabbing your oat milk or whatever your nightcap is and <laughs> checking out old episodes of Degrassi just so everyone knows they're all on YouTube, girl. So just go on there and yep. get that binge on. This episode was produced and engineered by Dominic K. Trevino. When it comes to looks and smarts, I'll give you five out of five kisses. Every time I hear you mock, I wish that I can be your missus. Let me rise to the occasion. I'll photo you at the radio station in my headphones. Your voice will be playing, and I won't be limited to just one minute with more. You won't quit talking once you start to drag. I can't stop the beating. Get someone off me, think a swim, so get 